Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. Here we go. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> I've got Bodhi here beside me now, and she's eating a chewy thing, and so you may hear her sounds in the background. Let's begin with a prayer, as we always do. And Bodhi, by the way, in case you don't know, is my new puppy. Love her so much. <laughs> so grateful and so thankful to place our hands on our hearts and to partner up and to recognize that prosperity is in our nature. It's part of our life and being. And we are naturally prosperous and abundant. So grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to fully recognize that this is the truth, that prosperity is an aspect of love. Love is what we are. So prosperity is an aspect of our being, and we are willing to accept our true identity, to know our true identity, to revel in, display, and discover our true identity. So grateful to allow ourselves to be fully present to the truth, fully available to the truth, and we are grateful that our holiness is leading and guiding us. We're partnered up with that higher Holy Spirit self. We're allowing ourselves to truly demonstrate abundance and prosperity for our brothers and sisters. And because all is one, all boats rise on this tide of love. We are grateful, grateful, grateful. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hmm. All right. Let's dive right in here. Prosperity is in our nature. One of the things that I've realized about this life, this experience, my life, my experience, is like a lot of spiritual students, I have had issues with money. I've talked about them in this podcast. And first of all, I'd like to say that prosperity and abundance to me are different things. So prosperity is a sense of well-being. It's not just financial wealth and money, that kind of thing. It's really feeling that you are prospering. So feeling that your digestive system is working well, your lungs are working well, you're, even though we're not a body, feeling that your body is working well, that your relationships are working well, you're sleeping well, you have a sense of your life is in a divine order, you have time to pray, to meditate, to do your spiritual practice, to be with loved ones, and all the different things that we love to do. So this is what is a prosperous life. So it's so much more than just financial abundance. In fact, the dictionary, Merriam-Webster's, to be precise, says that prosperity is the condition of being successful or thriving, especially economic well-being. So successful and thriving, that's what we're talking about here. So prosperity is in our true nature. 
And I think one of the best ways to to talk about this is to say that uh, we are the love of God. We are love. Teach only love, for that is what you are. And so what is the nature of love? Love is creativity and beauty and wisdom and clarity and freedom and joy and harmony and abundance and prosperity, all these spiritual qualities, which are not conditional. They can be thought of like the great rays of light that are not conditional and that they are omnipresent, omnipotent. Just as in a a rainbow, what you're seeing is you're seeing the refracted light waves. So you're seeing the white light refracted through the the prism of the raindrop, which generates the uh, image of the colors of the rainbow. And so these spiritual qualities, abundance, prosperity, wholeness, freedom, harmony, joy, beauty, creativity, etc., all those spiritual qualities are aspects of love, facets of love, we could say, qualities of love. Love is what we are. Love is the ground of our being. Love is the field in which we live and move and have our being. So to me, it's very helpful to understand this and to remind myself of this every day. So if I'm experiencing, let's say, a lack of creativity, a lack of beauty, a lack of wholeness, a lack of creativity, a lack of abundance or prosperity, I can go within partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self and say, I must be blocking the flow of the spiritual quality because I'm not experiencing it. Whatever is in my awareness, whatever is in my mind that seems to be contrary and is blocking the flow, let it be removed right here and right now. I don't even need to know what it is. I can simply decide to let it go. One of the things I love so much about the teachings of A Course in Miracles is Jesus is constantly reminding us that we don't have to figure things out. We don't have to understand them. But if we align with the Holy Spirit, then we can remove the obstacles to love, to abundance, to prosperity, to the all good flowing in our awareness. Yes. In uh, chapter 1, section 4, right at the very end, it says here, The emptiness engendered by fear must be replaced by forgiveness. This is what the Bible means by there is no death. And why I could demonstrate that death does not exist. I came to fulfill the law by reinterpreting it. The law itself, if properly understood, offers only protection. It is those who have not yet changed their minds who brought the hellfire concept into it. I assure you that I will witness for anyone who lets me and to whatever extent he permits it. Your witnessing demonstrates your belief and thus strengthens it. Those who witness for me, Jesus is saying, those who witness for me are expressing through their miracles that they have abandoned the belief in deprivation in favor of the abundance they have learned belongs to them. Abundance belongs to us. Prosperity belongs to us. It's part of our true nature. It's the part of the gifts of the kingdom. In uh, section 5, 
paragraph four, Jesus says, the creation is whole. And the mark of wholeness is holiness. Miracles are affirmations of sonship, which is state of completion and abundance. Miracles are affirmations of sonship, of our being part of God, which is a state of completion and abundance. Later in this section, paragraph 6, he says, The miracle is a sign that the mind has chosen to be led by me in Christ's service. The abundance of Christ is the natural result of choosing to follow him, him the Christ, him God. All shallow roots must be uprooted because they are not deep enough to sustain you. When we think our prosperity comes from the outside, our abundance comes from the outside, it comes from our job, it comes from our family, it comes from an inheritance, it comes from some place outside of ourselves, then we're not truly prosperous. We're thinking our abundance is limited, right? If it comes from somewhere outside of us, it has to be limited. But if it comes, catch this, this is so beautiful. If it comes from within us, it comes from God. Therefore, it must be unlimited because God's nature is unlimited. So what would you rather have? Unlimited prosperity, unlimited abundance, or limitations? Of course. Of course. We all know the answer to that. We prefer limitations. Hence, we experience limitations. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> we think we would prefer unlimited, but it's just not true. That's why we experience limitations. Because if we preferred unlimited, we would experience unlimited. No one is making us experience anything, really, truly. We have decided, we have made the choices we have made, and we can make new choices right now. I didn't realize it, but when I was experiencing lots of lack and limitation, that's what I preferred. I liked the idea of feeling limited. I didn't know it. I had no idea. But when I began to put my attention on shifting out of poverty consciousness, everything changed. So I can tell you one of the first things that I did was I recognized that I had in previous incarnations, and this is not taught in A Course in Miracles, I'm telling you my experience, I had in previous incarnations many times, many times taken religious vows of poverty. You've heard of the vow of poverty? Well, that's what, what I did. Uh, as many spiritual students today did in their previous incarnations, they took vows of poverty, vows of chastity, vows of abstinence, these kinds of vows. And even vows to be martyrs. But now, perhaps, you find that those old vows are still operating in your consciousness and you don't want them to. You're done with them. So for me, one of the things I realized was, let me undo all these vows by handing them to the Holy Spirit for healing. I don't know how to undo the vows, but I just said to the Holy Spirit, Please undo all negative vows that I might have made in any lifetime for any reason whatsoever. All negative vows dissolved and resolved permanently back to the root cause. Let me be liberated in all directions of time and space 
from all negative vows, vows of lack, attack, limitation, and separation. Let them all be dissolved and resolved, undone, finished, complete, kaput, right here, right now. And I experienced shifting happening as a result of that. And one of the ways that I shifted was I began to become hyper aware that unforgiveness, resentment, grudge holding, complaining is a great way to keep yourself in lack and limitation. So one of the assignments that I'll give somebody who's working on this is to get a little notebook or use your phone, whatever you like, but start writing down all the limiting thoughts and beliefs that you have as you have them. Be rigorous about this and start writing them down. It can seem discouraging because you realize how focused you are on lack and limitation. It can be shocking to realize how focused we are on lack, attacks, limitation, and separation. And when we are holding on to resentments, which of course is another word for unforgiveness, when we're holding on to the unforgiveness, then what happens is we are focused on lack. Unlimitation. And like if you think about it, if you're upset with somebody because they didn't pay attention to you, it's a lack of attention. If you're upset with somebody because they took something from you or they didn't do something, you see, there's the lack, there's the limitation. If you're upset with somebody, because they said something disrespectful or unkind, lack of love. You see how the lack is there. Uh, If you're upset with someone because they didn't do what they said they were going to do, lack of support. You see, it's just over and over again, lack, 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 attack. And so the unforgiveness is affirming that we're not loved, that we're not cared for, that we're not held, that we're not cherished, that we're not adored. Instead, the unforgiveness comes from feeling we've been abandoned, we've been ignored, and on and on and on. We can flip that switch. It does take a great willingness, and it does take a willingness to pay attention, be focused, and to take responsibility. We have responsibility. We have the ability to respond to all kinds of things with love. If we wish to. Because when we're responding to things with love, We are feeling loving. When we feel loving, we feel more like our true selves. We're happier. We're freer. We're liberated. It's so much better. It's not complicated to understand. We just have to be willing to choose love instead of resentment, instead of unforgiveness, instead of regret. I talk about being in the flow of love a lot. It's just how I think of it. And is it possible for us to be out of the flow of love, withholding love, holding on to resentment, and be prosperous, to be in the flow of prosperity? I don't think so. And in my experience working with people who have millions of dollars, they may not be happy and in the flow of prosperity, even though they have millions of dollars at their disposal. So having money 
doesn't mean you feel like you have enough money. You can have millions of dollars and be worried that you don't have enough money. I've seen that. So we think that money is the answer to a money problem, but it's not. Love is the only answer. Because lack of love is really the only problem. We feel separate from the source of all love, all good, and that's the beginning of any problem that we have. But all our problems have been solved because we're not separate from our source. We are not separate from the infinite flow of love. But we can take ourselves out of the experience of being in the flow of love. We can definitely do that. And so we can put ourselves back in it simply by choosing to be loving. I am loving. I am prosperous. I am abundant. I am healthy, wealthy, and wise. (laughs) These are great affirmations. I'm choosing love. I'm choosing abundance. I'm choosing prosperity. If we are not willing to watch our mind and how it goes to lack again and again and again and again, then we're not going to resolve the attraction to lack. So that's what I found in myself, that I was mentally, emotionally, spiritually even attracted to lack. And that I had a poverty consciousness. And when I realized that, I could put my attention on, okay, let me start to energize truth. Let me energize prosperity and abundance. Let me be receptive to the all good of God that is being streamed at me, in through and around me, all of the time. Let me remove the blocks to love. Let me put my attention on that. So by focusing on self-forgiveness and focusing on being receptive to love, not just giving love, sharing love, but being receptive to love, I was able to shift that poverty consciousness. So now I live with... uh, I do have, um, I have a mortgage on the family house that is partly my responsibility. And uh, I'm still paying off an old student loan. But other than that, I have no debt. I carry no debt. And so I, I went from having a lot of debt to having very small, reasonable debt. And I feel so good about making that shift because I also went from being worried about money a lot of the time and being really afraid and worried to moving into ministry where I had to depend on spirit to provide. Because, uh, and I've said this before, as a spiritual counselor and a spiritual teacher, you you just cannot make the the people in your life your source. You have to keep God as your source. It's a real downfall to start making people your source of money and abundance and prosperity because it will affect your relationship with the people that you're working with. You'll start to see them as your source and supply and they're not that's just it's really a disaster when that happens because then you can become self-serving in your relationship with them and that's no no good (laughs) ng no good at all so all of these things have taught me so much that prosperity is in my true nature and if I'm not experiencing prosperity, if I don't feel prosperous, it's because of what I'm thinking. And I don't even have to identify what the thinking is that's thinking. All I have to really do is open myself 
to be in the flow of love, giving and receiving, not withholding. And I think that's wonderful and miraculous because it means I don't have to figure out how to get more money. I don't. But I do have to be meticulous about my consciousness. So one of the things I realized in my releasing the poverty consciousness, I had to look at the meaning that I had made, the interpretation that I'd made of a number of different things from past life, from this life. Now, I did that because Spirit was putting them in front of me. I kept saying, how can I transform this? Show me how. And then I'd have a memory of something from my past that would show me, ah, there's the lack thought, there's the limiting thought. And I could take that memory, offer it to the Holy Spirit for healing, and have my consciousness transformed that way. So it was another impetus for me to go back to the Holy Spirit again and again and again, partnering up all throughout my day, letting go of thoughts of lack. And it's being in that relationship that's so deeply healing. Prosperity is in our nature. Yes. So true. Oh my goodness. I feel prosperous being able to offer this to you. (laughs) We're talking about A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio. I'm Jennifer Hadley. We're walking the talk. We're living the love. And I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And we're back. Thank you for coming back. We're talking about how prosperity is in our nature. It's one of the spiritual qualities. It's an aspect of love. And it's part of our true identity. And yet, many of us spiritual students, we've taken vows of poverty in the past that are still playing out now, and we can offer them up to the Holy Spirit. You could think of a vow of poverty, a vow of chastity, any kind of negative vow, vow to get revenge. You could think of those as decisions that we made in the past that are playing out now in our life as our belief systems. So we're handing those over to the Holy Spirit for healing because whatever our belief systems are, we're going to be attracting and magnetizing into our awareness thoughts that are congruent with those beliefs. And so the fastest, easiest way to undo all that patterning in our mind, in our awareness, is to hand it over to the Holy Spirit and to consciously affirm, I'm willing to let whatever the root cause of these patterns, these beliefs, these experiences is, I'm willing to let them go. Holy Spirit, please make it so. Simple, simple prayer request and It's amazing how effective that can be. So one of the things I've witnessed in my decades of being a spiritual student is just how many spiritual students have this issue with money, money being the root of all evil. So the thought is, and that money is somehow tainted or bad. But remember that Everything in this world is neutral, and we have no neutral thoughts, yet everything in the world is neutral. We've given everything that we see, everything that we have, everything that we touch, 
all the meaning that it has for us. And so our divine opportunity is to hand it over to the Holy Spirit. Let me see and know and feel and hear and recognize the truth and only the truth. And so our willingness to know the truth and remember the truth and give thanks for the truth. This is what transforms our awareness so that we can see and feel and know and hear clearly what the truth is. I was just sharing about this in Masterful Living class that when I really began to take out the mental trash, the emotional clutter, hand it over to the Holy Spirit and do this work, exactly what I'm talking about here, then my intuition really opened up and I honestly, authentically began to recognize the still small voice so much more clearly, so much more fully. And being able to follow divine guidance, inspiration, intuition, instead of having to figure everything out by analyzing it and running the data, doing the numbers, all of that was so powerful, healing, and transformative for me. Because now, with uh, the mental and emotional clutter decreasing with every passing day, I have more room for truth. I have more room in my awareness for truth. And so I'm able to recognize it more fully, more easily. And that makes a huge difference in the quality of every minute of every day of my life. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful that we really can give the Holy Spirit the heavy lifting of figuring out how to clear out our awareness. We don't have to figure that out. We just are willing. That's all we need be is willing. We've given money all the meaning that it has for us. But money itself is inert. We can do things with money, but money has no volition. It has no power. We have the power to use money however we'd like. And so we can use it to help people. We can use it to hurt people. We can do a variety of things with money. But money itself has no power. Love is the only power there is. There is no other power. There's nothing in opposition to love. Love is whole and complete, and so are we. So, to me, one of the missions of every spiritual student on the planet right now is to accept our inheritance of abundance and prosperity. We are like the prodigal sons and daughters. It's time for us to go home to our mother, father, God's house and realize that we have not squandered our inheritance because our inheritance isn't money. It isn't jewels and gems. It isn't property. It's nothing of this world. Our inheritance is unlimited. Our inheritance is infinite. Our inheritance is intact. But we do have to claim it. And so it's very important for us to give up any idea that there's not enough or we don't have enough. When I was singing in the choir at Agape, there is a song that has a line, All that I need is within me. And in A Course of Miracles, it says, I need do nothing. In the text, uh, in chapter 1, section 6, it's called The Illusion of Needs. So we have this illusion that we need things. We have this illusion of lack. And Jesus says to us here, right in the first paragraph, lack implies 
that you would be better off in a state somehow different from the one you're in. Until the, quote, separation, end quote, which is the meaning of the, quote, unquote, fall, nothing was lacking. There were no needs at all. Needs arise only when you deprive yourself. You act according to the particular order of needs you establish. This, in turn, depends on your perception of what you are. If our perception of what we are is we're not good enough, we're unworthy, there's the thought of lack that becomes the foundation of our experience of lack. All are worthy. I am worthy. All are worthy. Love is all there is. I am love. All are love. Teach only love, for that is what you are. In in this beautiful text here, The Illusion of Needs, such a short section. A sense of separation from God is the only lack you really need correct. This sense of separation would never have arisen if you had not distorted your perception of truth and had thus perceived yourself as lacking. The idea of order of needs arose because, having made this fundamental error, you had already fragmented yourself into levels with different needs. As you integrate, you become one, and your needs become one accordingly. Unified needs lead to unified action because this produces a lack of conflict. So my sense of need, I notice is narrowing all the time to I need to be aligned with love. That's what I need. I need to be aligned with love. I need to be at peace. I need to remember I can choose peace instead of this. I need to choose joy, to actively choose joy, to extend love. These are the needs that I have now. And I used to feel such a burning need for many different things, but now I notice, you know, there are times, oh, I need a cup of coffee, right? Oh, I need to eat something. But that's that's a different kind of a, a temporary thing there. But I used to have this need to express myself or this need to... Uh, I can't even think of them right now. And I now live my life in alignment with spirit more each passing minute. And so that perception of needs is dissolving and resolving for me so that I can be in alignment, live in alignment, love in alignment. Isn't it wonderful that the sense of separation from God is the only lack we really need correct? How do we correct it? We tell the truth. Shame the devil and tell the truth, right? So we tell the truth. There is no lack. There is no lack. There's no lack. Lack is an illusion. We've been given abundance, prosperity. We've been given the mind of God. The mind of a God is awake and alive within us. There is no lack. It's a powerful and helpful exercise to be willing to make a list of all the thoughts of lack that come into our mind during the course of a day. Because it helps us to realize, oh my gosh, I am so focused on lack. No wonder I'm experiencing so much lack in my life. 
what we focus on, we experience more of. And this belief that we are separate from source brings forth this continuous stream of thoughts of lack and putting our attention on it and handing each one to the Holy Spirit as we recognize them is deeply, profoundly healing, not just for us, but for the entire human race. So when you make your list in your phone, on a piece of paper, wherever you make your list of your thoughts of lack, at the header, put, these are the thoughts I give to God today. These are the thoughts I give to the Holy Spirit for healing today. And when you write down the thoughts, these are the thoughts I'm letting go of forever. You can think that. And you can affirm the truth. I am giving the Holy Spirit this thought for healing, and I am releasing it forever. So we catch Release and replace. Catch the thought in your awareness. Release it to the Holy Spirit for healing. And then replace it with a thought that's helpful. My true nature is prosperous and abundant. I am willing to accept the truth today. I am willing to align with the divine today. All my needs are met by God. Everything I need is within me. The gifts of God are mine today. So we continuously catch, release, and replace. And we do it not just for ourselves, but for everyone, everywhere. Because our life is the life of God. And we are transforming poverty consciousness. We are transforming the idea that there is somehow spiritual merit or value in poverty. Right? This is a trap because it's so important and valuable for spiritual students to be in leadership in the world And it's easier for us to be in leadership in the world if we're not worried about paying our rent, getting our teeth fixed, buying a car. This is a very good reason for us to focus on giving up the poverty consciousness. I, I know it's why I was led to focus on that. I was really clearly directed, do the self-forgiveness work. Because everything you would like will come as a result. And so I focused on that. And in case you didn't know, on the homepage at jenniferadley.com, I happen to have a free forgiveness workshop called How to Get over it. So if you haven't been there and gotten that, please consider doing it. I really invite you to make a self-forgiveness party. Invite some friends over, have a potluck, you could do it on Zoom if you like, and uh, plan to listen to the workshop and do the written work, the self-forgiveness work. You'll be so glad that you did. I know adults who have done it with their adult children. And I know couples who are in the process of divorce or have divorced doing it together. Um, Friends, uh, all kinds of folks doing it together, doing the self-forgiveness work together. It's always easier to do it together in the Masterful Living community and Finding Freedom community, we have Forgiveness Fridays. Every Friday we get together and share our self-forgiveness work. It's very powerful, very, very powerful to support each other 
in forgiving ourselves for the choices we've made. And one of the things that we can do to open up the flow of prosperity is to forgive ourselves for the financial choices that we've made that maybe didn't go so well. We can forgive ourselves for agreeing to all kinds of things where we made the decision, we decided to go down that road because we wanted a particular thing that we thought would bring some benefits that actually turned out not to be for our good as we understood it to be. So now it that that thing, that choice that we made becomes symbolic of the unforgiveness in our life. So doing that self-forgiveness work opens up the floodgates of prosperity. It really does. So in your mind, if you can think of anyone that you feel caused you to lose money or abundance or somehow cost you money, Forgive yourself for whatever decisions you made around that, that you made the decision to invest that money. You made that decision to give that person that money. They never paid you back. Forget the debt. Let it go. I I often think of Gary Renard's book, Disappearance of the Universe, which is a beautiful, beautiful book. Uh, that really helps explain A Course in Miracles. If you're looking for that, I highly encourage you to read that book. And right at the beginning, what starts off his journey is he forgives a debt from a friend. He was in a lawsuit with a friend for some money, and he decides to let it go. And that becomes a huge opening a spiritual opening in his life. And so right now, I'm inviting you to start thinking about who do you feel owes you? See if you can write uh, a self-forgiveness letter if you get my How to Get Over It. Write a self-forgiveness letter. You can use my template to yourself, obviously, for any decisions that you made, but you blamed somebody else for the outcome. This is one of the ways that we block our prosperity through blame, resentment, huge ways that we block the flow of prosperity in our life. By holding on to these thoughts, they are thoughts of lack. When we are blaming somebody else for our situation and circumstances, we're affirming that there's a lack of power that we have, a lack of power. But we don't have a lack of power. When we experience what feels like a lack of power, it means that we are focused on being a victim. We are focused on being powerless and making something or someone else more powerful. So there is a healing that we can have through our self-forgiveness. Oh my gosh, it's crazy how powerful this work is, the self-forgiveness work. This is why this is the focus of A Course in Miracles. And yet, I know people who will read and study A Course in Miracles all day long without actually doing the self-forgiveness work. Self-forgiveness is not just saying, oh, I forgive, I'm letting that go. If we're still thinking about it, we haven't let it go. What that means is we're still judging ourselves. So self-forgiveness is the full release of all the judgment. Because the judgment is the meaning we made of it. That's the unforgiveness. And so that's the work for us to do.
prosperity is in our true nature. And we block it with the unforgiveness, with believing that we are a victim of the world that we see when we are not. So this is our journey of learning, and we're sharing the benefits with every spiritual student. So it's important that we focus on doing our work and not just talking about it. That's why all my programs are about doing the work. If you'd like to come do some work with me, middle of September, stop playing small retreat. If you feel like you've been in your own way, and you feel like you're bumping up against some kind of invisible block, some kind of limitation, you can't quite get it or figure out what it is, that's one of the things we work on in the Stop Playing Small Retreat. Plus, if you sign up for the Stop Playing Small Retreat now, you'll get $500 off Finding Freedom. You can do Finding Freedom in October. And then you end this year feeling triumphant and having really done some really beautiful, deep healing work. You start next year feeling fabulous about your life. This is what I wish for you. (laughs) So if you'd like to come and do the deep healing work with me and a group of like-minded souls, we're going to be doing it together. Stop playing small retreat followed up by Finding Freedom. It is fantastic. Fantastic how much healing we can have. I was just talking with someone uh, yesterday about how amazing and miraculous somebody was telling me how they've been doing this work and they went from 40 medications to none. That's a huge savings, time, energy, money, all kinds of things. Just just yesterday, somebody told me that. These are real testimonials, real people. It's the way the spiritual work works when you're really doing it. Oh my goodness, it is time for me to wrap it up. So I'd like to close out by saying thank you. To all the amazing people who donate and contribute to support this podcast. If it's meaningful for you, thank you for showing it and letting me know. Writing reviews, making contributions, donations. It means so much to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you. So let's say a prayer here. We are grateful and thankful to accept that our true identity is pure prosperity and we share the benefits with our brothers and sisters because we're one with them. So grateful to let the healing be. And so it is. Amen. 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 I love you. Mwah.